You're listening to Penguin Tracks on 89.5 KOPN Columbia. On the phone with me is Nikki Hardy. She wrote the book, Breathe Again. Tell us about yourself. Well, I'm a mom, I'm a pastor's wife, and I'm also a cancer survivor. And as you can probably tell from my accent, I am a Brit here in the USA. Tell us about your book, Breathe Again. Well, my book, Breathe Again, How to Live Well When Life Falls Apart, is a book that I wish I had never had to write. Mm -hmm. It's a really a practical roadmap for finding more of God's abundant life right in the middle of no matter what life throws at you. Because so often, you know, none of us get to skip um, the hard stuff in life. And so often we're left, you know, just overwhelmed, tired, exhausted, and barely surviving a life we never signed up for. And we know we want to trust God, and we know we want to have more of the life that he came to give us, but we kind of feel like it's off in the future somewhere waiting for us when this storm that we're battling through is done. And um, really, Breathe Again is a practical roadmap for grabbing hold of it right in the middle of that mess and not having to wait because he came to give us abundant life right where we are. Tell us about your mantra, life doesn't have to be pain-free to be full. Yeah, this became my mantra um, quite early on when I discovered that um, it's possible to thrive and not just survive. What I'd been doing was thinking, well, God's abundant life, all he has for me, any peace, any calm, any comfort must be off in the future. And I had also looked at Facebook and Instagram and seen the glossy, happy, healthy, wealthy people on there and thought, well, that's what abundant life must look like. And that's not what my life looks like at all, because I was battling cancer and chemo and all these things and had lost my mom and my sister to cancer. And so I had thought, well, in order for life to be abundant and full and full of joy, it had to be pain-free. And then I met people who called themselves thrivers and not just survivors. And what they were epitomizing was this not denying that life was hard, but grabbing hold of the most of it that they could right in the middle of the mess. And it didn't look like an Instagram feed. Mm -hmm. It was raw and it was vulnerable and it was intimate and had so much more of the things that God came to give us. And so I realized that life doesn't have to be pain-free to be full. There's more right in the middle of whatever we're dealing with. What are some of the lies we accidentally tell us during hard times? I think we all fall into the trap of believing that God's angry with us, or he's left us, he's helping more spiritual people, or um, he's angry. And I just don't think those things are true. You know, we feel these things, and we feel these things about God, but we also have lies that we believe about ourselves, whether what I'm going through, it's all my fault, or it's going to go on forever, or my whole life is going to be affected by this. Um, And we believe these lies, and they just hold us back from being able to find all that God has for us in them. And as I talk about in Breathe Again, we have to replace those lies with the truth, the truth that we need, that God hasn't left us, that he's not angry, that he loves us because of whose we are, not who we are, um, and that these things aren't 
our fault or isn't the effects aren't going to last forever. Um, and so it's not until we've dealt with the lies and um, replaced them with truth that we can build the foundation to practically grab hold of more right where we are. You unpack seven practical ways to grasp the full life Jesus promised us. What are the ones that you emphasized? Well, yeah, there are seven of them, and I don't think any one is more important than the other. And I wish I could say these were seven quick fixes that do these seven things and immediately (laughs) your life will be perfect and wonderful and pain-free. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that, and I called them practices because we really need to keep doing them daily and keep working on them and acknowledging where we are when we begin. I think the one that one of the ones that I found um, hardest um, was trusting God, which is hard for a pastor's wife to admit. Mm-hmm. I knew I needed to trust God. I knew I wanted to trust God. But, you know, I was angry at him, and it didn't feel like he was very trustworthy. And so in Breathe Again, I actually share my five-point plan <laughs> for trusting God when we don't feel like it. Because I realized I needed a plan. I needed to plan to trust and then trust the plan. So I go through those five steps to doing that as I share the story of other thrivers and often forgotten women of the Bible as well to show how people did this. And the other one that I find quite challenging is finding community, which is rather extraordinary given I'm such an extrovert. But, you know, community can be challenging and um, quite a scary place when we are feeling raw and vulnerable. So those are two, just two of the seven. Would you mind telling us a little bit more about the five-step plan for trusting God? Sure, sure, yes. Um, I The reason I came up with this plan was because I found that um, when life was going swimmingly and all was well, I thought, well, I'm going to be able to trust God no matter what. He's so good. I can see, you know, him in every rainbow and every smile on my child's face. Mm -hmm. But as soon as my world fell apart, all that went out the window. And so I devised this five-step plan that revolves around, first of all, checking his credentials. And I thought, you know, I wouldn't hire a plumber without (laughs) checking his credentials, So why, you know, why can't we just check out God's credentials and look to see where he has been faithful and trustworthy before? And um, and then that builds our hope and our expectation for going forward. And then I knew that I wanted to trust God, but I couldn't do it alone. I needed his help to trust me. And so I talk about asking the Spirit's help to strengthen us, to, you know, I, I trust, help my lack of trust. And then the third step is to actually choose to hold on. It's, it is a choice, and it's not an easy choice, but it is a choice. And at the same time that we choose to hold on, we've got to let go. We've got to let go of all the things that we're currently trusting. I was trusting in my own strength. I was trusting in the doctors, and I'm not saying we shouldn't trust our doctors, <laughs> But we need to trust God over and above that. And so we, it's a kind of simultaneous holding on to God and letting go of other things. And then I would keep a record. I recommend, you know, my fifth point is to, to keep a record of where he has shown up and where he has been faithful and trustworthy that we can see the big times and the small times 
so that when we need to trust him and we need to look at his credentials again, we have a record of where he has shown up in our own life. And so that's my short little five-step plan that I use pretty much every day when I need to, to trust God. How does being vulnerable help us breathe again? Yeah, being vulnerable allows people into our space and into our pain. And I'm not suggesting that we all need to kind of share the inner, you know, workings of our colonoscopy journey with the UPS guy or anything like that. But I found that we need to be vulnerable with both God and those safe people around us. Because when we're not, we hold them at arm's length and they can't um, love us. We can't share the intimacy and connection. And I found quite often that my strength was often my biggest weakness because as I held on and I um, coped and I was strong, I was actually keeping people out. And a lot of what God has for us is through community and other people and honesty and things. And so when I was allowing people in, it meant that I could breathe and I could share the burden. Tell us about Give Thanks in All Things game and why should we play it? (laughs) The Give Thanks in All Things game started as a family game when we had had yet another terrible flight experience with the kids and we had been delayed and delayed and we were now in the back of a very long re-ticketing line at the airport and we had three young children with us who were up way past their bedtime, tired and hungry. And we decided to play the Give Thanks in All Things game, which was less about teaching the children, you know, spiritual truths and how to be grateful, but it was more about keeping them amused. And so we started to give thanks for anything and everything that we could see around us, whether it was the escalators, because they saved our tired legs, Mm -hmm. the nice lady who lent our youngest a pillow to sleep on the floor, or um, the fact that Starbucks was still open and could feed our hungry tummies. And we started to give thanks in all things. And as I came through my cancer, I realized that um, what psychologists have been telling us for years, that as we give thanks, as we are grateful, our happiness and our well-being and the fullness we feel in our life increases. And I realized that we don't need to be grateful to, or we don't need to see things differently to be grateful but we need to be grateful to see things differently. And it makes an enormous difference that when we can have an attitude of gratitude, our well-being and how we feel about our life really does change. And um, and so I think it's just a great game to play wherever you are, no matter what life's thrown at you. What are you currently working on? Well, my book launch is this week, and so that's terribly exciting that I'm working on that. And um, one of the things that um, I've done for the book launch is um, an audio devotion, and that has helped me fall in love with doing audio. And so I also got to record the audio of the book. So if people want to listen to Breathe Again rather than um, read it, they could do that. And so I'm thinking that I might be um, moving towards doing a podcast of some sort. So um, people can watch out for that. There's rumblings of that happening. Where can people get your book? 
Well, it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and um, really anywhere that people normally buy their books. And like I said, there's an audio version and they can get all sorts of resources and freebies and a couple of free chapters over on my website, NikkiHardy.com. And I spell my name N-I-K-I-H-A-R-D-Y. So that's NikkiHardy.com. They can find me there. They can find me on Instagram and Facebook as well. But yes, my book's available wherever books are sold. Is there anything else you would like to add? I would just love to encourage people that no matter what life has thrown their way, that God hasn't left them, he's not angry at them, and he wants to invite them into a journey of finding so much more of life and life in all its fullness that he has for them right where they are. Well, thank you so much for the interview. It was an honor. You have a great day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks.